Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy. And if you don't know that by now, I'm very confused because you've listened to enough episodes to get to this point. So if you didn't know that, now you do. Merry Christmas. Um, I'm joined today with someone I've been mutuals with for like an extended period of time. And this is like the first like interaction video wise, recording wise that we've had. And I'm really excited because I just think he's one of the most radiant, kind human beings ever. <laughs> I could talk about how great I think he is forever. So um, I'll pass it off to oh Brett, God. who is just great. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's your nice of introduction for him. Um, all righty. Well, yes. Hi, my name is Brett. Um, I have, well, let's see, my favorite Taylor Swift album. Um, I'm going to say for the moment is Lover because that one was just, it's just more like emotionally important to me. Right. And then I have been a Taylor Swift fan since I think I was in fifth grade. So like, this is the one where like, I want to tell like, you know, if I ever meet Taylor in person, like I want to tell her the whole story. Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Timer. Um, I, <clears throat> I had a laundry timer, my bad. Um, yeah. But continuing on, like, it's like the story I'd want to tell Taylor because, like, literally, I have it detail for detail for some reason in my head. Whereas, like, the first song I heard was Teardrops on My Guitar in the car with my mom coming home from school. And I was like, I love this. I love um, it. So, yeah, so that's kind of how long I've been a fan. Um, yeah that's super cool i love that i love that we love like rela like like even og swifties like that's that's like a while ago obviously so yeah. that's that's so cool yeah. and i love that you love lover because such an underappreciated album that's mm-hmm. truly one of her best works too and it, it works really well for you know like the emotional connection and people who can really relate to a lot of those songs so that's really cool i love lover <laughs> <laughs> um so as obviously as much as we love Lover. We are here to talk about one of the more, um, I think, underrated and kind of overlooked Taylor mm-hmm. Swift songs, like in general, not even just on Fearless, but like mm-hmm. in general, it's very overlooked. Um, we're talking mm-hmm. about Untouchable today, which is technically not a Taylor Swift song, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a cover and she's got like writing credits on it. And it's it's still such a masterful piece of work, especially compared to the original. So mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about we're going to talk a little bit about Untouchable and get to know a little bit about Brett and why Untouchable is one of his favorites. So right off the bat, just tell me why is this song specifically one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? So for me, okay, it's got two aspects. So the first one that I kind of came to, like, okay, first one was in high school. So long story short, I was kind of getting more and more familiar with stuff. So like I was kind of a kind of like a closeted fan for a little while because of middle school and people were evil. Um, but over time, I got a bit better with things where um, I started actually listening fully to albums and everything else. So um, I listened to the album in full at one point. I was like hiding in the computer lab. I was like, you know, what? I'm doing homework. I want to listen to this. And so I just want to go really loved it. I had like, I'm this little romantic who was like, I have like, you know, I love symbolism, blah, blah, blah. And so like, that was my whole thing. I loved it so much. And then more recently, the second part of the reason why I love it is because it's kind of like a thing I had to share with my boyfriend. So um, Untouchable is kind of in the fact that we're long distance. So he's in California. Um, and so it's kind of like in the first four months that we knew each other. So ironically, we met on TikTok. Um, and so, <laughs> yes. And so it was this whole thing. And so I don't know. I remember we were like just playing kind of songs and stuff like that. And we were on like a long FaceTime call. And like, I was like, you know, this one is kind of like how I feel. And so I played it and then like 
we were both getting fucking teary and I'm like, ah! <laughs> so it was just like, it was a little too perfect for the moment because it got real sad. <laughs> no, but ever since it's kind of been like one of our songs. So it's, yeah. I, I love that. And I get that. That's, that makes perfect sense. Like this song is such a, a longing song in general and to be long distance, that makes, that makes perfect sense for this to be a relatable song in general. I, that's, that's, that's so sweet. I, it's such a good love story. I, I love that for you. That's, that's awesome. Um, I, I'm also, I have to, I said it a little bit when we were talking before I started to record, but just to stress that there, you know, are people who really do like this song, like enough to, to connect it to their own lives. Cause so many people do just kind of like skip over it sometimes. But the fact that you've listened to the song and you can connect it to your specific relationships and specific moments. It's just, I just feel like people don't appreciate it enough. So I'm here to appreciate you appreciating this song. <laughs> it's like an appreciation circle. There you go. Um, talking, you, you mentioned a little bit with the connection to the relationship, but um, how do you interpret this song like as itself? Like what are your what are your thoughts on it? You talked a little bit about what it means to you. How would you interpret it? Like listening to it, like even for the first time or so. Okay. So this is funny thing. I actually kind of prepared a few little things. It's like, I read your questions. I was like, okay, I want to like be a little prepared. But um, overall, the way I kind of view it is kind of hopeful. It's kind of this, um, I don't know, like you're longing for someone, you're hoping for this whole thing to work out. It's kind of like you're imagining this life with someone where you're like, you know what, like, you know, it seems impossible, but you know what, like, I'm like, I'm going to hope on it. Like you might, might be untouchable. It might be something that like, you know, I have to like look at in stars and hope for and whatever else, but like, I will eventually get there or I could get there and it'll be perfect. And hopefully it'll be exactly what I expected. Although sometimes it might not be, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, a, that's just a, that's another thing. Um, but in general, when you're in kind of like that lovey-dovey moment where like you are absolutely pining for someone, I feel like that is almost always exactly how you feel. Absolutely. That's such a good word to use. Pining is such a, like that, that describes the song so well, like the, the general interpretation, definitely longing and pining kind of, they, they're obviously like hand in hand synonyms, whatever. I don't know. I didn't study English. I did theater, but I, <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost the same thing, but I, that's, that's, that's really solid. That's how I, I see it. I assume most people see it too. And mm-hmm. to describe it as, you know, hopeful rather than, you know, cause the song itself is like, obviously you want something and you're longing for it, but it's one of those things where like, you know, are you going to get it? And instead of, you know, being defeated, it's, it's hopeful. It feels like, I feel like I'm in like a freshman or sophomore <laughs> English class right now. Yeah. And the, the, the teacher's telling me that it's, Blue doesn't just mean that it's blue. It's, yeah. you know, the sadness and the author's eyes or something. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so, it's definitely open to interpretation, but I, I agree. I think that's a very solid thought process of the song in general. Um, regarding track placement, this one has an interesting setup um, being put between Jump Then Fall and Forever and Always, piano version. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, do you think that this song makes sense there, whether sonically, lyrically, storytelling wise, what are your thoughts on it being placed between one of the most upbeat deluxe tracks and one of the saddest deluxe tracks? It it definitely takes you on an emotional journey. I'll say that much. 
Uh, <laughs> but one of the things, like, so I, you know, did a little writing and whatnot, but um, so the fact that it's between Jump and Fall and Forever and Always from, you know, from what I could tell when I was going through Spotify, um, I feel like it pairs a bit more easily with um, Forever and Always because of the fact that it's kind of like you got what you wanted, but then turns out it's this person that's kind of like, well, we said this is going to be forever. We said it was going to be whatever. It was going to be so wonderful. And then, bam, it's gone. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I think the way you described Untouchable at the beginning kind of makes me recognize a little more that it makes sense to come right after Jump and Fall because Jump and mm-hmm. Fall is, you know, it's like a, I don't know how to explain it because it, it is, it's just such, such sweet, happy love song yeah. kind of thing. And you're going to get a lot of whiplash between those two tracks. Yeah. Um, but even then it's like a, it's like a, I got your back kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then there, obviously that's very interpretable. It could be a relationship. Yeah. It could be a friendship. It could be whatever you, your heart desires that it be. Um, but you know, you've got that. And then if you follow it with untouchable, which is like yeah. that, that pining thing and yeah. maybe jump and fall is best friends. And then it's yeah. like a best friends to lover to enemy experience between yeah. these three tracks it, like the one thing i was thinking was kind of like with jump and fall it could be kind of like someone shooting their shot so oh. it's like yeah so it's kind of like hey like you know what like we could be freaking amazing together we could be this and that and the person's like no let me think mm-hmm. and then untouchable is like that moment of like hey i'm pining for this i'm really hoping for this let's get there and then bam nope <laughs> fails <laughs> jump forward like six months it didn't happen it's not good <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I love that that that's really solid too so it, it does make sense storytelling wise mm-hmm. so this song specifically has such a specific sound to it and it's, mm-hmm. it's very um obviously since it's not an original but even like comparing it to the original it's so different and so personal and deep and whatnot um composure wise lyrically wise do you think that this song would fit on any other album or I guess one question that I like to ask is do you think that this song even fits on Fearless? That's difficult I feel like in a way it kind of has a sound that's similar to some of her other like smaller singles sometimes Mm -hmm. so like with Ronan and stuff like that and um, it could be a single by itself where it's like a project she wanted to do but it kind of I feel like it kind of fits in there like it's in like the whole string of like ups and downs of romance and everything else and fearless so like it makes sense that it's in there but maybe could have a different positioning that would make more sense maybe but it's kind of it depends on how you really interpret where it is so right absolutely do you think that it would work on any other album i know you said like single wise oh, um okay so this is the funny one so i this is when i started to write stuff down and so i thought maybe it could fit on red okay just because of the fact that it's kind of sad, like, you know, sad, beautiful, tragic. Oh, where yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of has like that similar like tone of like, hey, like, okay, this is more hopeful. But then at the same time, this is like sad ending. So. Right. Right. Um, If you were to put it on red, where would you put it? This is hot seat question number one. <laughs> I, ooh. Okay. This is going to, it's going to require me to pull out the actual album itself. Uh, <laughs> don't worry I'll put I'll put the Jeopardy music in the background to fill the the silence and you don't have the entire red track list memorized are you even a Swifty <laughs> yeah. actually, actually sad fact is like 
when I was in my like swift closeted phase, I didn't get to listen to red when it came out. So because I had like, okay, so I was hoping for it to come out. I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait. And then that was around the time actually when my bullying in middle school kind of got more intense. And so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone altogether. And I had to come back to like a year and a half, two years later. And I was like, okay, I can finally listen to it and just feel normal about it. And now um, you've got, you've got your second opportunity to listen to it in like a yeah. month. So yes, I'm actually, I'm excited for that. <laughs> thank, thank you Adele for pushing it a week earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh shoot. Okay. Um, oh my goodness. Hmm. Just like looking at the different tracks, I'm just kind of like, oh crap. Uh, part of me wants to put it next to Starlight just because of the fact of like the wordplay and the fact that there is stars involved in Untouchable and then it literally goes right into Starlight. So right. that's, yeah. That, that makes sense. I mean, would you put it like on the deluxe version between what is the first deluxe track? Is that the moment I knew? Oh, um, I think so. One second. Um, yeah, the moment I knew. Yeah. Between yeah. Starlight and the moment I knew, that's that. I mean, that that feels like yeah. a, a wind down. Even like it's less of like a. Yeah. You're not going to get as much whiplash from Starlight to Untouchable as you do, you know, other like Jump and Fall to Untouchable as which. But you yeah. know, you could you could probably make it through Starlight and then to wind down with the moment I knew. Definitely. I get you. That makes sense. Okay. Um, what is your all-time favorite lyric from this song? And because <laughs> it's not like, you know, like a hundred percent like written by Taylor Swift, I want to open this mm-hmm. up a little bit to like, what is your favorite part of the song? Because it is so different. Like if you have a favorite mm-hmm. moment with like the melody or how she sings a specific part or whatnot, I just want to make it a little more accessible because obviously the lyrics are from the Luna Halo. Yeah. Um, for me, so this is the one thing I really love the intro to the song, just like the strumming kind of aspect in the very beginning. And I like that for some reason, the moment I hear that, I can just like, whoop, it's starting to play. Um, and then the other portion that I like lyrically, oh my God, I hate that I got a notification just now. You're I'm so popular. Apparently, I am a popular <laughs> boy today. Um, but <laughs> sorry, the voice came out for that no was reason. Great. Um, so the other bit was that I like the lyrics. Okay, so now that you're close, I feel like I'm coming undone. Um, that's mostly just because of the fact that like with the long distance portion, it was like, okay, like when I finally got to meet him in person, it was like this totally different, like, oh my goodness, like this is actually like, it's in person, we're real this time. Like our first like proper, like, okay, this is the, I'm, I'm okay. I don't want to put him on blast, but like the first moment that I saw him, he was really tired from the flight from California. So he was like, I don't really want to be touched right now. Like I'm feeling like real, like, you know, nutty. I'm like, okay, fine. I was like, I was all excited. Cause like, yeah, I had a whole night of sleep and everything. Right. Um, so finally we get there and like, we are staying in basically my brother's like emptied out apartment. And so like, we had like <laughs> mattress and all this other garbage in there and everything. And so like, it was like a whole romantic kind of like, Thing. I, you know speaking about it in that context it sounds totally romantic right uh, <laughs> but then comes the fact there's august and there's no air conditioning oh no <laughs> so funny. um but beyond that skipping past the funny details um <laughs> so i honestly like when we finally got to be like hey like this is real we're in person and i got to like 
hug him and it was cute and we were about to go out and everything else is like this is actually happening like now that you're actually near me I feel like ah! like <laughs> my brain emotionally is coming undone and I'm happy um that's that's so sweet this is just I feel like you could write a whole rom-com about <laughs> this and you could just have untouchable be like the leading song on the soundtrack <laughs> there you go you know what that works I I, will. I I just I love that for you that is that's so sweet and it once again so nice for someone to be able to connect this specific song to so much of their life and that uh my heart is so full listening to this. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> um, I love that. And those guitar strums at the beginning, you're right. That is incredibly identifiable. It's probably like, I, not to be, I'm not explaining it without being slightly shady, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's probably one of the most, the more recognizable parts of yeah. the song because, you mm-hmm. know, people listen to like the first 30 seconds of something and then decide if they like or don't like it. And then, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you hate the song, you can hear the first like three seconds and be like, oh, I know what song it is. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, for some reason for me, I know immediately like, okay, is this like a repeatable song? Like, will I listen to it like, like on repeat? And then it's kind of like, okay, if it has those like first 15 seconds where I think it's like, this sounds good, then I'll keep doing it. Like, 20 times over. Right, right. You got to play it till you can't play it anymore. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so my final question is, what would you rate this song on a scale from 1 to 13? Ooh, alrighty. So actually, this is another bit that I've written down a little bit, but I would say an 11 out of 13. Um, just because the fact, yeah, okay, I know it's not like 100% like by her in all ways, but just because of the fact that it's, on par with most of her symbolism with most of her tones and everything else and just because of the meaning of the song itself to me it kind of ranks up there um and like it, it's something they can listen to a few times like okay for me like a 12 out of 13 or a 13 out of 13 um it's something like it's nice to have a friend so we've had <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah. it's like we, we, we've had like a little like chats of this over freaking tiktok and stuff um, so but, true. yes but like it's nice to have a friend to me just because like the trumpets in the very beginning and just the tones of it and like the like you can't that, see I, it because this is a podcast but i am we're physically freaking out i just i <laughs> you're right trumpets yes yes and that to me i can i will okay if there is a morning where I'm just trying to relax and just like, you know, like I won't be happy. I will literally listen to that so many times over. Like, it's like, you know what? I'm feeling good today. I want to, you know, relax. It's, you know, this on repeat. And I, okay. The amount of times I've accidentally fallen asleep to it when I actually want to get up. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. It is such a, like that song. That's definitely one of, that's the very definition of like, you listen to the first 15 seconds of it and you either love or you hate this song. Cause yep my boyfriend he will not listen to that song we listen to the first 10 seconds and he's like skip this right now it's great because now now that I can drive he has to listen to it in the car so he doesn't get a choice (laughs) you know what fair enough that has to happen it is a good enough song for that (laughs) I I do love that you mentioned that this is like even though it's not like her song it does match the themes and the elements Mm -hmm. that is like Taylor Swift the symbolism all that stuff it fits so well in the fearless track list too. And even if it's like a cover, it's, it's very random, but Mm -hmm. if you think about it, like the, the depth in the lyrics, she didn't choose like, Mm -hmm. um, 
like uh I'm trying to think of like a generic song like she didn't pick like California Girls she didn't cover mm-hmm. that she covered an, a not so well-known song by her mm-hmm. fan that her fan base wouldn't know and mm-hmm. still made it her own still made it fit in lots of people were convinced that it was a Taylor Swift song for the longest time oh yeah and it's like the power you have to be able to pick a cover, pick a song, make it a cover and convince a bunch of people who don't know any better that it's your song. It's like mind blowing that it fits her themes so well. Like that's a talent. Cause like, honestly, I didn't know that it wasn't her song until like maybe a year ago. And then I was like, what the, what? (laughs) Literally, I think I wrote a paper about Fearless. And I was like, as I was doing all the research, I was like, oh my God, wait, that's not uh who's luna halo what is that yeah because like i honestly i get a little reminder before because i was like okay you know what maybe in case i need to refer to anything i googled up their lyrics real quick and i was like luna i was like oh this again like, <laughs> like I, I forgot about this right i it's it's so it's just so interesting to me and there's still swifties who don't know that this isn't taylor swift song so yeah. that's just how it's just how it's gonna be until they open the booklet and see that it was written by like six other people then you know that's they're gonna think it's taylor swift's forever and there's no real problem with that anyway (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but those were those were all of my questions is there anything you would like to say add share the floor is yours if you'd like it um nothing in particular i mean okay i guess maybe if i'm gonna try and add something like important whatever honestly i think one of the best things to learn um, is to like what you like and not be bothered by what other people say. Because even, okay, I'm going to throw shade at my kind of friend group situation that I've had in the past. They used to make so much fun of me for liking Taylor Swift that like, you know, I'm like this like weird ass boy who likes this stuff. It's kind of like, I am a romantic. Like, leave me the hell alone. Leave people alone. They like what they like. If they like Taylor Swift, congratulations. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, ugh, that's always going to forever bother me. Like, people, everybody have di- like, has different tastes. Like, just let it be. Do it. Do what you want to do. Let okay. you like Taylor Swift because she has great music. She's lyrically a genius in every single way. Um, so let her do it. Like let people do it. Literally. It just, it truly baffles me that there are people who don't like Taylor Swift. And especially when it's like the people who make it their personality to not like Taylor Swift or to make fun of people who don't like Taylor Swift, they know all the words to shake it off. They know all the words to you belong with me. Absolutely. It's like, like, even if you're like a local, like you don't Mm -hmm. have to make it a point that, you know, it's embarrassing to like, Mm -hmm. you can't see it. I just put air quotes around it, but I (laughs) like, to make it a point that you you can't like Taylor Swift because it's embarrassing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's it like she's done five, six different genres. She mm-hmm. writes generic masterpieces and lyrical masterpieces. Yeah. There's literally like, if people would just sit down and listen to her discography, they mm-hmm. would find something they like. Like absolutely one song out of the 150 billion that she's written, you're going to find one, one. Exactly. And like, the hell, okay, also that reminded me. So like, for one, yes, there's very much that. You're always going to find something that you at least like or agree with, even if it's one of her like big pop, like, single like, pop songs that came out or anything else. Um, and then you're going to find those people who generalize. So one, my professor, of course, is one of the people that generalize. And I was so ready to be like, shut up. Like this man was like, oh, did Taylor Swift out like, you know, a cool album or is it more about her ex-boyfriends? And I was like, I am going to walk out of this classroom like, do not do this to me. Because I will die on this hill. Like, <laughs> it was so dumb. 
<laughs> I just think it's 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 really funny too that because there's so many Swifties who have that same mentality that you know like I will go to war for Taylor Swift and it's like <laughs> Taylor Swift is like the last person who needs someone to go to war for her mm-hmm. but like yeah that's not gonna stop me like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift might not be able to hear you but I can hear you talking about her and I'm gonna take it just as personally and I'm gonna make sure that you know that you're wrong yes very <laughs> that very that I was like, if you could take on, like, you know, Kim and Kanye, because she can take on anyone. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Two very, very powerful people in yes. the media that, and she went head toe to toe, head to head, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so one. So, <laughs> um, but yes, yes. Thank you so yeah. much for doing this. Like, absolutely. In general, I really appreciate it. And you're, you're so fun to talk to. So thank you. I'm thank, glad. You. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. I, I appreciate you and the time and effort you put into answering those questions too. All absolutely. very detailed, very well thought and I'm very impressed. Um, that is all for this episode of the long podcast studio sessions um i hope to see you or speak to you in two days i say that every time in the outro i'm like i'll see you in two days but i haven't seen you ever so i will see speak to you in two days again when we talk about forever and always piano version which will be a lot of fun hopefully i mean it's really sad but it might be a lot of fun um I'll speak to you then. Have a great rest of your day, morning, night, afternoon, whatever time it is where you are. Um, Drink water, wash your hands, stay safe, and have a great rest of your day. Adios.